bringing you the latest in tax credit news. This is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novogratik. Hello, I'm Michael Novogratik, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, February 20th, 2018. I saw some of you last week at Habitat on the Hill. That's Habitat for Humanity's Legislative Conference in Washington, D.C. I was honored to be a speaker on the Affordable Housing Panel, along with Lisa Gordon of Atlanta Habitat for Humanity, Chris Herbert, Managing Director of the Joint Center for Housing Studies of Harvard University, and Fred Karnas of the Kresge Foundation. Thanks again to Habitat for Humanity for inviting me to join the panel, and also for all the work that Habitat does for communities across the nation and across the globe. Turning now to this week's podcast, we have a lot of news to share with you, including a recap of the New Marcus Task Credit Allocation Awards from last week. We also have information on a White House meeting about Opportunity Zones, and then a little bit more detail on the fiscal year 2019 budget request, and also an update on funding for the Housing Trust Fund and Capital Magnet Fund. After all of that, I'll share some brief summaries of other industry headlines from the past week. If you're ready, let's get started. We'll start with the long-awaited announcement from last week, the 2017 New Marcus Tesla Allocation Awards. As you've heard by now, the City of Five Fund awarded $3.5 billion in New Marcus Tesla Allocation Authority. And that authority, those awards, went to 73 allocatees. The CDFI fund chose the community development entities from a pool of 230 applicants. Now, the applicants requested an aggregate of $16.2 billion in allocation authority, with $3.5 billion being available to be awarded. The 2017 round continued a trend of recent allocation rounds by focusing on operating businesses, that is, awards to CDEs that are focusing on operating businesses. Of the $3.5 billion awarded during this round, CDEs plan to invest about $2.4 billion on operating businesses. That compares to about $1 billion planned to be used for real estate. There's a remaining amount of about $81 million that can go to financing other CDEs, loan purchases from other CDEs, and financial counseling and other services. Now that the 2017 awards have been announced, we're now going to be waiting for when the 2018 application round will open. Many of you we're at our Novogratic 2018 New Market Tesla Conference in San Diego last month when a CDFI fund representative said the 2018 round may open in March. Now, the CDFI fund's goal is to announce awardees by the end of 2018, end of this year. And then the last currently authorized round of the program would open and presumably be awarded in 2019. Now, you can find the official awards book and related documents on this allocation round on our New Markets Tax Credit Resource Center. And if you have questions or need accounting or tax assistance, you can email or call Brad Elphick in our line office. Brad's email is brad.elphick at novaco.com. That's B-R-A-D dot Elphick, E-L-P-H-I-C-K dot com. Speaking of the New Markets Tax Credit, the New Market Tax Credit got a shout out during a White House meeting last week. The president met with business leaders and mayors to discuss opportunity zones. One of the attendees was a small business owner who said he leverages tools like the New Markets Tax Credit and the Long Housing Tax Credit and CDBG funds and home funds. He said the Opportunity Zones Initiative is another good tool to help distressed communities. Also in attendance at the meeting were Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin 
and Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina. Senator Scott said that Treasury is working hard to release program guidance for Opportunity Zones. Now, the IRS has already issued some guidance on the process governors should use for nominating Opportunity Zones, and there's certainly much more guidance to come. Also, Acting IRS Commissioner and Treasury Assistant Secretary David Cotter has already sent letters out to each governor, urging them to nominate census tracts for Opportunity Zones. Now, in the meantime, if you're interested in learning more about the program, you can download an on-demand rebroadcast of the Opportunity Zone panel discussion for the Novogratic 2018 New Market Task Conference held in January. That panel discussed benefits of the new community development tool, how it relates to the New Market Task Credit, as well as next steps for the program. Now, you can access the recording on Novogratz's training page. Also, we at Novogratz have formed, and have, had a, have actually had it for a number of months now, an Opportunity Zones Working Group. If you're interested in becoming a member, reach out to my partner, John Shreddy, in our Dover, Ohio office, and he can give you the details. Next, let's talk about the President's $4.4 trillion budget proposal for fiscal year 2019. As I noted in last week's podcast, this budget request overall does not spell good news for affordable housing and community development funding. The proposal calls for $41.2 billion in gross spending for the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, or HUD. That amount is a big number, but it represents a $6.8 billion cut from the amount actually appropriated in fiscal year 2017. That $6.8 billion cut is 14.2%. Now, we outlined the 2019 HUD program funding requests on our Notice of Novogratz blog, so I'm not going to go into all the detail there about that here. You can go to the blog and read a lot of those sort of details. But I do want to share a top-line summary about what the request would do for certain programs. The one bright spot, though, before I talk about some of the negatives, the one bright spot is the budget proposes eliminating the cap on the rental assistance demonstration or RAD program, eliminating the cap as well as make it a permanent program, no longer a demonstration program. You may know RAD is currently authorized with a cap of up to 225,000 public housing unit conversions through 2020. Now, the bad news. The request calls for making cuts to tenant-based rental assistance as well as public housing. The budget also proposes to eliminate community development block grant formula grants and the Home Investment Partnerships Program. Now, you may remember the administration did make a similar pitch in last year's budget request, and thankfully, Congress rejected that request. Both the CDBG and HOME programs do have bipartisan support on the Hill, so it's unlikely that they will be repealed this go-round. Now, another similarity between the fiscal year's 2018 and 2019 budget requests is in both the years, the administration proposed eliminating all discretionary grant funding for the CDFI fund. $14 $14 million of funding would be left, though, to run non-discretionary programs such as the New Markets Tax Credit and the CDFI Bond Guarantee Programs. The Choice Neighbors Initiative would also be eliminated in the President's budget, and all un- unobligated funding amounts to the program would be rescinded. Now, there are other items on the budget request chopping block. The National Housing Trust Fund, the Capital Magnet Fund, and the assessments from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac that fund them. Now, the President's budget request also had provisions relating to the administration's infrastructure reform goals. The budget request included $6 billion to expand the use of tax-exempt private activity bonds for public projects. 
not quite sure how broad that definition is. Now, the next step normally would be for Congress to draft a fiscal year 2019 budget resolution. However, two of the main reasons why Congress would do so don't really apply this time. First, the main purpose of a budget resolution is to set the overall discretionary budget for defense and non-defense spending. While Congress already set those for fiscal years 2018-2019 in the Bipartisan Budget Act of 2018, that's the budget deal I mentioned in last week's podcast. Second, congressional leadership has decided against pursuing reconciliation instructions for fiscal year 2019, which would, would need to be approved in a budget resolution. So, what budget issues will Congress focus on next? Well, first, there's the unfinished business of fiscal year 2018 spending. We're currently operating under yet another new resolution until March 23rd. Lawmakers are going to try to enact a fiscal year 2018 omnibus bill before the continuing resolution expires on March 23rd. Now, once Congress deals with that, next up is for Congress to draft and pass all 12 fiscal year 2019 spending bills before the fiscal year ends on September 30th. So, how likely is it that all 12 fiscal year 2019 spending bills will be enacted before September 30th? Not very likely. Let's just say it would be very difficult, especially during election year. Policy insiders generally expect Congress to consider a new continuing resolution in September to get the spending decisions punted until past the November midterm elections. Now, let's talk about some good news for affordable housing and community development funding. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac will continue making contributions to the National Housing Trust Fund and the Capital Magnet Fund. This, according to the decision announced last week by the Federal Housing Finance Agency. New Overgrad Company estimates that the Housing Trust Fund in 2018 will receive about $266 million and that the Capital Magnet Fund will receive about $143 million. Now, these estimates, the 266 and 143, include adjustments for sequestration. Now, if sequestration isn't needed, then we would expect $284 million for the Housing Trust Fund and $153 million for the Capital Magnet Fund. To get more detail about these calculations and some per-state amounts, you can go to the Notes of Novogratz blog on our webpage or just go to Google and type in Novogratz blog tax credits. In other news, HUD today published a list of eight areas with updated fair market rents. The list includes two areas in California, two areas in Oregon, two in Hawaii, and then one each in Arkansas and Washington State. The new fair market rents for these areas take effect 30 days from now. You can see the list of the new amounts at www.hudresearchcenter.com. You may have also noted that I tweeted this last week. Now, turning to state tax credit programs, a report has found that Virginia's state historic tax credit has leveraged $4.5 billion in private investment in Virginia. That's right, $4.5 billion with a B. The Virginia Commonwealth University report says that thousands of historic buildings have been rehabilitated or preserved due to the state tax credit, a credit that began in 1997. The report said the state historic tax credit creates nearly $5 of economic impact for every dollar of tax credits. Meanwhile, two states are making inroads on renewable energy tax credits. First, 
Let's look at Maryland. Maryland opened what it calls the first energy storage tax credit program in the nation. The Maryland Energy Administration will administer $750,000 in tax credits in 2018 for the addition of storage systems to existing renewable energy systems. About two-thirds of that is for commercial taxpayers, the balance for residential customers. The credits, the lesser of 30% of installed cost or certain set amounts. It's $5,000 for residential property and $75,000 for commercial property. And finally, in New Mexico, legislators passed a bill to reinstate its solar tax credit. The legislation replaces a program that expired in 2016. This bill would institute an annual cap of $5 million and would begin as a 10% credit, gradually declining to 6% over 15 years. Now, Republican Governor Susana Martinez said she's unlikely to support any standalone tax measures, so we'll keep an eye on what happens with this legislation. Well, that brings me to the end of this week's report. But before closing, I have a reminder for property managers and asset managers, as well as owners, operators, and investors, they may want to share this with their property managers and asset managers. Nova Gratic is hosting a webinar this Thursday about an initial lease-up and maximizing first-year tax credits for low-income housing tax credit properties. The webinar is going to cover everything from when a unit can first count as low-income housing tax credit qualified to rent floor elections. As I said, the webinar will be this Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can register now on our Novogratic training page. Also, if you want more information about this week's topics or prior week's topics, we have a list of relevant resources and links on our website. You can access these resources and links to this week's and prior week's topics by going to www.novaco.com podcast. There, we have podcast scripts and notes available for the various podcasts. They're available as a PDF. Well, that's it for now. I'm Michael Novogratik. Thanks for listening. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratik and Company, LLP. Archived discussions are available online at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. Novogratic and Company LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novaco.com.